believe humbly. Some of the times people have pictures of dead masters. If the dead master was came came to the meeting, he wouldn't recognize the person. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. The whole like sort of front is That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, honey? Why don't you sit over there? It's shade in there. Yeah. I, I'll speak loud enough. Yes. This is technology. We're getting it. Yeah. Just put it on. Yeah. It's fine. Where were Where were we? Oh. Yeah. No, I like self-inquiry because it's really the most non-action there can be. You're not doing anything. You're just asking a question. Yeah? So you're just asking who is it that thinks they're doing something. And it's let's say if you went to a house and you knocked on the door a thousand times, it would be obvious sooner or later that no one's home. Yeah? So you ask, who am I? Who am I? No one ever shows up. <laughs> so you should, and that's you. You're that which is already here. It doesn't show up. Yeah. If there was ever a, res- a call it responded to, it was an eternal call because it's always here at all times. So basically, you know, who am I or where do I come from? Is is it's not meant to produce a, an answer. It's meant to leave nothing. And then you get nothing is everything. Yeah. Did you say that there's not one process or any specific process that you need to follow to get to the self-inquiry? Because there's a million retreats on it. Well, I, I believe in a way they're coming to realize that's maybe the most efficient way. But that was from the old Vedas. The who am I? Ramana didn't didn't come up with it. He just brought it back into vogue in a way. But it's in the oldest scriptures in the world, so to speak. That there was always going to be that because there's a sense of onness, yeah. And then the mental state rushes in and tries to tell us what that implies or means, which is it's you as a body. But there's that 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 the onness has a strong sense of being before everything else. So even the title of Paul doesn't seem to be for, to be before the onness. It's sort of something that was put on something, yeah. And after you have so many stories put on something, but the onness is still totally as it's always been. We were sharing it last week. You know, the most heinous act that ever happened through me. There was still seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, and the most exalted act happening, they were still seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. The conscious contact or the sense of consciousness or onness doesn't seem to be affected by our, all our shenanigans, yeah? I was just as, I was seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching just as much in the jail as I am in a temple. <laughs> Literally, yeah? The, what, the baseline has never been affected by all the stuff going on on top of it, seemingly, but we would like to think what's on top of it is prior to it. And now consciousness is seen once again as a quality you have. And then immediately, if it's your quality, it can seem to be lacking. You feel like you're unconscious. But isn't that consciousness fueling all that possibility? How could you feel unconscious unless you were conscious? 
So you want to deny the consciousness and verify that you're unconscious? That's what the selfing wants to do. It wants to replace what's so with what it seems to take to be so. So you're now unconscious. And your whole day is trying to become conscious. So you don't go to one talk, you go to three freaking talks. Yeah? You see so many different messages, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. It's like you put so much, so much seasoning in the, in the food, you can't fucking taste the food. And the food is basically nothing. You are what you're looking for. Put it to the test. It's like we did last week. This is like a, you know, this is like just like a spiritual shoe store. You've wandered in to the shoe store. You sit down, and now maybe you're looking to get some hiking boots because you know your spiritual journey is going to take you to the Himalayas or shit like that. So you have an idea what kind of shoe you want, but the guy or the woman doesn't listen. They bring another pair of shoes, and then if you put them on, wear them. Yeah? So this message is you came here, if it resonates in something, fucking wear the shoes. Yeah? So if you if it resonates that there's a strange peculiar thing happening here. Reality has seemingly forgot that it's reality and is now looking for reality. If that sort of triggers a sense, hey, I feel like I've been under that activity for years then fucking buy those shoes. <laughs> Start walking around in those shoes because they fit. Going back to practices may not fit anymore. Maybe you're down past the road of practices and processes. It doesn't mean everyone has to be down the road of past practices and processes. Yeah? And this is not going to be on the row of buildings of, of uh, non-duality is not a path or a process. I don't care how much you try to use it as such, it's not going to budge because it's the inherent condition. It's just a denial of what's going on that isn't true. It's not a truth. It isn't. It just is what is. It's not a truth. It's not a falsehood. But here, where we're taking a falsehood to be true, it's a damn good negation of it. So you see what you're not, and that's what you are. Not as a seer, but as being. Because you're being what you truly are, which is aware. People are not being a beautiful person if they have a bad hair day. They're not being, you know, a love. There's so many things that can, ex, you know, exile them from that being a beautiful person, like a fart or something else. Yeah. This is your being aware. That's it. You're being aware of the consciousness, the conscious contact you're now aware of. Yeah? You're not that which is in conscious contact. You're aware of the activity called conscious contact. Yeah? You're being awareness. To be something takes no thought or effort. To try to do yourself into being takes a lot of thought or effort. And you can't do and have yourself into being. It's impossible because you already are being. It would be a redundancy, just like you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. These masters weren't sadists. They aren't trying to fuck you up. They're not trying to ruin your whole 20 years of spiritual seeking. If you were Nancy or Paul, it would make sense to look for the Buddha, but it makes no sense to look for the Buddha if you're the Buddha. And I, obviously what they're implying is you're the Buddha, because they're not saying, oh, Nancy... It, you can't use Nancy to seek the Buddha. <laughs> He'll never be successful. That's the basis of most people's life here. 
they're trying to use Nancy to seek the Buddha. It makes total sense when they look at what Nancy seems to be to them. But it's not saying Nancy. It says you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. So there's an implying that it's a negation, a subtle one. He doesn't want to fucking hit you with a two-by-four. It's a subtle negation of Nancy. And then you go, oh, from the Buddhist point of view, it makes no sense for the Buddha to seek the Buddha because it's busily being the Buddha. And in a sense, while Nancy is seeking the Buddha, that's being the Buddha. So now the Buddha is seeking the Buddha, and for the Buddha to realize it's the Buddha that's seeking the Buddha, the seeking the Buddha will never fucking work. So that the Buddha will see this is a failed system and stop trying to find the Buddha, and then suddenly, bam, oh, it is the Buddha. Not as it was produced when it gets hit that it is the Buddha, it's always been that way. That's what dawns on it. Hey, I've always been the Buddha. I was the Buddha when I thought I was Nancy seeking the Buddha. I was the Buddha when I was so disappointed as Nancy not finding the Buddha. And I was, I was still the Buddha when I was seething with anger that I thought other people had found the Buddha as Jim and Paul and Mary. And it really pisses me off as Nancy that I haven't found the Buddha, at least before them. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is... What can a failed system show you? What can a failed methodology show you? That it's failed. That's the beauty of it. So even a path that you go on for 30 years and you think was totally unsuccessful was, unsuc- was totally successful because you're not going to get on another path again. Yeah? You've done with that. You've gone to the spiritual shoe store. You were looking for some more running shoes or shoes that really travel well because you're going on a lot of retreats. And suddenly, someone puts this shoe on, like a pair of like comfy slippers, and they fit perfectly, and then you stop fucking doing a lot of shit. You sit there, and now you're lounging around. Yeah. And the shoe fits, and you wear it. Now, you try to go back to the other shoes. I'm telling you, it's a disservice. When the Buddha, haven't seen it's the Buddha, goes back to look for the Buddha, then there's a dishonoring of the Buddha. Yeah? That's the message. That's always the message. There's nothing needs to be added. Everything needs to be subtracted. That's it. Yeah? Now, maybe spiritual practices can subtract imaginary numbers that are weighing you down. Then go ahead. It's still the Buddha dreaming itself out of looking for the Buddha. The end result is just like the beginning. You are the Buddha. There's no point where you've lost that. Therefore, there can't be a point when you find it. It's like the necklace story. If the necklace isn't truly lost, how can you really believe in the joy of finding it? Because you never found it. It had never gone anywhere. You have to see it's all dreaming. What, how could you call this event? So someone, the old story that Ramana Maharshi uses about the necklace, I'm going to paraphrase it too. But here, it's a simple, it's implying something very simple. The lady had a necklace on. It had never gone anywhere. Suddenly, for some reason, she thinks she's lost the necklace. So then she starts every, asking all her friends and spiritual people, can you please find me the necklace? Now some people who are in the business 
of looking for the necklace will say, yes, sign up, come to my retreats, and I'll help you find the necklace. I won't be in the retreat room with you. I'll be having lattes, but you come, you'll be there paying me $4,000. And I assure you, sooner or later, we're going to find the necklace together because I found the necklace. And this is the way I found the necklace. And look at me. I got a loving gaze. I'm feeling like I'm fucking pretty good. I got all the babes. So, yeah, I want to find the necklace like he did or she did. All right? So you sign up. But you've never lost the necklace. So if there's a feeling that you're totally bummed out because you lost the necklace, and then when you find the necklace, you have a great amount of joy, what is that but dreaming? Because the necklace never went anywhere. You never lost it, therefore you can never find it. But the, the story you live, as the action figures, you lost the necklace, then you went through tons of efforts and spent a lot of money at travel agents to go places to find where the fuck is that necklace? And then someone finally saves you a lot of time, usually after a lot of time has passed, and says, it's right around your neck. So, but still, the stubbornness of being you, once it's shown that it's on your neck, you still think you just found it. And then you start writing blogs, I found the necklace. For any of those out there still looking for the necklace, I found the necklace. And I'm willing to tell you how I did it for a slight fee. Yeah? Truly, it's true. I mean, you think it's joking, but in a way, it's always like this. You're paying money to find something you want to verify that you lost. That's playing God. Truly. And so, if you want to do it that way, that's how it's going to work. You may have to go to 25 retreats, 30 retreats, and then suddenly you may get it. But when, if you seemingly get it after 25 retreats, what's going to be the sense of it's always been that way? So when the necklace is found, it tells you it never gone anywhere. So what gets negated? That you found the necklace. What truly gets negated is you lost the necklace. You never lost it. You never found it. It's always available at all times. And usually the mental state is incredibly bummed out because there's nothing the fuck to do. You can't write blogs about it, really. You would just leave an open space. Another day. Another cloud formation. A Saturday that feels no different than Friday. And I'm expecting a Sunday to be the exact same. <laughs> How many products do you sell on the so road side of the road then? None. There's no fucking road. So this is just, it's truly like a spiritual shoe store. If the shoe fits, wear it. If you're done, you're done. Yeah. If you're done with that processing, then you're done. And honor it. And open up to the availability. What's going to scare the mental state, it takes no time at all to be you. At all. Like, Ram, like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. It didn't really, it didn't say what's looking and then 80 pages of what you have to fulfill as requirements to become what you're looking for. It doesn't say that. It's very, very, very direct. What's looking is what you're looking for. Now, 
It's not like what's looking, all right, three years of heavy practice, you will become what you're looking for. It says what's looking is what you're looking for. The what, it doesn't say who's looking, what's looking. What's looking is, has always been what's looking. Unfortunately, we've been using it to look for itself. So the who shows up, the sense of you, and now what's looking is used to find what's looking. Or the Buddha is used to find the Buddha. Or light is used to find light. Or big M mind is used to find mind. That's what they're trying to warn us about. And if you're at this point and you're at this spiritual shoe store, maybe it's time for it to be entertained. Not thought about. Entertaining it. Yeah. You don't need to read eight books. Take what's looking is what you're looking for, lay out there, look at this fucking clear sky, and just let it go. Let the mind go and see what happens. You're going to be your own verification. How is a dead master going to, uh, to affirm something happened? Or tell you appeared in a dream? Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure they didn't think they appeared in your dream. <laughs> they weren't tracking, all right, I'm going to appear in 850 of my... He fucking went to sleep. He was probably dreaming of other things. <laughs> the mind is going to let the mind go. What? The mind isn't going to let the mind go. So that's like, yeah, that's great. I'm going to look at the sky. Self isn't going to get out of self. You're talking about mind as the mind you think you know, the thoughts and shit. Well, I'm not talking about mind like that. Mind has never held on to the mental processes, so there's no need to let go. Nothing has affected what is. All of your yappings and shenanigans haven't left one mark at all. That's the difficulty. The mental state... It, it, the scariest thing to the mental state is irrelevance. It wants to have a role. Remember, have you ever, maybe none of you have ever done this, but let's say you're going out with someone and the person really loves you, and then you start screwing with them in a little way. You don't want to test if they love you or not. And then you push the person or push the person, and at one point they go over the edge, and now they don't have any love for you anymore. And then when you go up there, they don't care at all about you, and it infuriates the fucking mental state. And the mental states now be known. I should have. It's like I had a guy. He gave me a perfect example, though through a very harsh experience. I used to do talks in Australia, and this guy had a beautiful girlfriend, and he used to host me. And it was basically he seemed to be quite indifferent to her. Yes, when I was there, and he'd be doing his thing and this and that. Then one night she had had enough. And she left him. And then he called me up and he says, I just lost the source of all my happiness. <laughs> now, he'd been around the source of his happiness for a few years. He didn't seem to be accessing the source that much. But suddenly, it just, it just happened so coincidentally that once she shut the door, he, she was suddenly the source of all his happiness. And then he was going to try to kill himself. It's amazing. It's an extreme, but that's what it's like. And I'm telling you, the selfing wants to include itself. 
in the story of its own absence. It wants its own absence to have something to do with it. Like you're going to cause your own absence. (laughs) That would be presence. Self can't get out of self. Don't you get it? Stop fucking trying to get out of what you're not in. And have a good fucking day. Jesus Christ. Do you think do you think the goal the goal is the bell's gonna be rung after you withheld yourself for fucking eight years from every day on because of that special one day when you think something you blew it in a way. This is the day. This is the depth of understanding right now. Your clearest understanding is your ability to enjoy here, now. Not that you're going to enjoy a mystical heaven 800 lifetimes away and just be like this all day now. No. An, an ability that you cannot have to accept what's unacceptable. All that. That's science of something's working in your life. That this Saturday isn't being compared to any other Saturday. At all. This talk is not being compared to any other talk. You're so here because you haven't, you've realized the idea that you are not here is totally insane. You're not totally here because you've got here, you've realized you can't be anywhere else. That's how you're totally present, is you realize you cannot be anywhere else. Impossible. Then you have immunity to what's not happening. You're not bringing... See, the world in these talks starts at the word but. Yeah. So you're feeling the presence, you like the space. But, but, how am I going to feel on Tuesday? But, fuck it, enjoy it now. This is the greatest insurance that it will, you will be available tomorrow is being available now. And I'm telling you, you cannot not be available. It's the easiest thing. You don't even need to learn how to ride the bike. You know you're riding the bike right now. What's waiting for a goal of this is not you. Lose interest in it. It's, the, it's what you're not that wants this to be a goal that it arrives at so it can be the star of it. This is ordinary dog shit awareness. There's no, there's, you're not going to get a black belt. You're not going to get any fucking rank. It's just being a, seemingly awake to being awake. And then you can seem to be asleep to that. But it doesn't change the fact that you're awake. I mean, it's obvious. The seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching has no volition in it. You're not deciding what you're going to see. If you look this way, you're seeing fucking whatever's there. And it's the most constant you there is. The mental you you're entertaining is totally fucking fabricated. The only way it can have any legs is it stands on consciousness. And then it claims to be before the consciousness. Now you can live a life thinking you're unconscious and then seek to be conscious, all the while being completely conscious at all times. When you write, when you hear people describe depression with such clarity, did the clarity of mind go anywhere? No. That's the what's describing the depression is clarity. 
How could depression describe depression so beautifully, so clearly? Depression is foggy and confusing because the clarity of mind is there. It always is there. This isn't a one shoe fits all. If you feel like you got to do something and you've set it up that way, you better fucking do it. Really. Or it's going to ruin your day. If you believe that you have to meditate every day and you missed it, then your whole day is going to try to make up for it. You're going to try to get home at lunch and sit for an hour and try to... What's that but playing God? Let God be God. God doesn't want... this. You don't have to wear a spiritual straitjacket. <laughs> yes? What about, like... Okay. I'm going to use the bad words. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do now. If it's a stupid question, I'm going to hit you right now anyway. There. All right, now, anyone want to ask a question? Yeah, I When you had your experience of the aperture, sort of, you know, and there was something where there was, like, no light, like, at some point you crossed some threshold where you were completely in that no light space where there was no shadow of a doubt. I think that's what we're all trying to get to, or like other teachers. <laughs> 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 like throwing stones. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Roland, Roland, I will accept the question for him. Oh. <laughs> it's not from Roland. It's not from Roland. Oh, you lawyer in the room and a camera, so watch it. <laughs> Roland doesn't need any more. Eh? I haven't been, I've never been depressed. I don't know. What, the way people share about it, I've been bummed out. I haven't, but bummed out, but I don't know, so I can't really speak of it. Because, again, the experiences here are run by subject, feeling like you're the just subject. So, something that could be really tiny or almost like not there can seem like a huge mountain because of the mind that's dreaming it. Yeah. What you said about the sunlight I don't know. I don't think, yeah, you really need to know about depression, but maybe how to get out of it would be just doing service. And you've got to get up. Because I know a lot of people, they get paralyzed. And you just got to get out of the house. Right? Rub shoulders with others. It's because you're obviously at that point, I would imagine the interest and attention is so tightly orbiting the story of you 
that you need to have a something to pull you out of that gravitational pull. You're not. You're sort of just. So you, there's got to be something to do. Yeah, I find with the people I've talked to with depression, they got to get out. Yeah, because you see, like self-centeredness is like a horizontal. If you if we had like a X-ray type thing, there's there's usually a ring of attention and interest. Like, this is an imaginary figment, yeah? So the mind collates around this, and that's self-centeredness, yeah? And for some, like addicts and everything, it's extremely self-centered. So it's like the fabric is more tightly wound, so you don't see almost anything. It's all about you, yeah? So if you can't, you've got to have something pierced through there so that that energy, instead of being like this, can get pulled out. Because the sense of like relief and presence is is expansion, not contraction. Yeah, where I would say depression is a very deep contraction onto the figmented you, right? But I don't know, people. I don't know what's going on. I try to experience what's looking, and there's nothing there. And there's a little relief, just that effort. Yeah. 